Hey guys, producer Mark here. Uh, now listen, if you're just tuning in and you uh, haven't listened to part one of this two-part episode, go back one week and listen to part one. That'll get you all filled in, ready for part two. I hope you enjoy. Every day is filled with choices. You're here because you're choosing to start with a win. Get ready to be inspired, learn something new, and connect with the Win Nation. transition of life here. I mean, it's, did you go, Hey, that wasn't exciting enough for me. So I think I'll go, uh, go do some FBI stuff. How'd you make that change? So for me, um, obviously I, I mentioned earlier that I was at the agency before, during and after September 11th. I'm sure that you all can imagine that it was a very, uh, stressful time. Um, things weren't normal, I guess, as, as you would say. And so what happened was that typically you're supposed to be spending tours overseas. So anywhere from one year to two years. But what happened was because September 11th occurred um, and they needed us to be out, 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 out. Um, I did 13 different tours, you know, in a very short period of time. And that it becomes stressful um, on you, especially when you're young. Um, and so I made what I thought was actually a very mature decision. I didn't leave the CIA because I was like fleeing a bad boss. In fact, I'm still in contact with all my friends. Um, that's who was texting me before I turned it off um, from the agency. You know, I received many awards. I didn't wasn't escaping anything. I just knew that, you know, five, 10 years from then, this being overseas business wasn't going to change. That's who the CIA is. They collect intelligence overseas. And so I thought, OK, I love this counterterrorism mission, but I would like to do that stateside. So the next logical step actually was to join the FBI and become a special agent there because they worked the counterterrorism mission here in the United States. And so that's the decision that I made. Totally makes sense. So did you feel like you were starting over again? I mean, you had to go to the FBI Academy and go through redoing everything. I mean, is it, is it hard to start over again after, you know, you, you did some great stuff at the CIA and then you're like, oh, I think I'm going to begin again. Or, I mean, do you just go, it's my next step and I'm just going to continue to head down and charge forward because I'm Tracy and I'm a badass. I mean, it's, what goes through your mind when you do that? I was excited to start the FBI. I think for me, though, I was very naive uh, in that I assumed that the culture at the FBI would be the very same that it was at the CIA. And it absolutely, at least for me, uh, was not. Um, going through training, all of that, I don't mind training. I like training. Uh, the farm, though, is very different than Quantico, but that's OK. I mean, I knew that. So I knew all of those things going into it. I've always been a person that like, you know, nothing's beneath me. I don't go into a job expecting sort of one thing. It's you go into the job grateful to have it and sort of work your way up through there. So um, that was not difficult, this whole sort of starting over. It was the culture was what was more difficult for me. Gotcha. Okay. Here's, here's a good question for you. My 19-year-old daughter, Maggie wants to go to the FBI. So she's she's in pre-law in psychology and all sorts of other stuff and I mean just killing it in life. And uh you know there there are a lot of people that are in that age group that want to go do something like this. That they're not just want to serve their country but want to have adventure and want to, you know, go broaden their horizons and and see what's out there in this world but help people. 
you know, they want to help people. I mean, what advice do you have for somebody like that who, you know, when you, you look back at the, the U of USC and go, okay, if I knew this then, I would have, you know, appreciated that. What, what advice can you give to somebody like that? Do you want me to be very blunt? Be blunt. Throw it at them. Uh, okay. Because um, your daughter won't like this, and I'm worried that you won't either. Uh, what I get a lot from my college students, and I'm not saying that your daughter is this way. I'm just gauging it from my 18 to 21-year-olds that I have, are very unrealistic expectations of what these agencies have to offer. And that growing up for me, the best thing that I had was no pop culture at all about the CIA and the FBI. It didn't exist. I mean, for me, Friends, you know, was was my pop culture. We didn't have um, any of these shows. And I get students who want to run around in Cessnas and think that the FBI works serial killers. They don't. Serial killers are usually a state crime. Um, the behavioral analysis unit is, is a bunch of like old people. That's not where people want to go um, at the FBI. And so I think I have students who have these very unrealistic expectations. I have two students who have gone into the FBI and have since quit just because it didn't fulfill sort of what their um, expectations are. So my biggest job as an educator is to educate students as to what it is. Uh, You know, you will spend time working in a cubicle. There is a lot of paperwork. Every day you don't go out and arrest people. You know, in terms of helping people, yeah, I guess, you know, you're helping taking bad guys off the streets, but you're not really dealing with it on a victim end. That's not what the FBI does. And so I think having these realistic expectations, in my opinion, are what's like the most important. I don't think they should not apply for these jobs. They absolutely should. But I think that they should be willing to have an open mind about what they're going to do once they're there and also go in with their eyes wide open in terms of, you know, what they'll be doing. So I hope I didn't offend anyone. No, no. I love that answer because I mean, it's, you're right. You've got, oh, I saw this Netflix show on be, you know, the behavior analysis unit or it's some down and dirty work and it's not the same thing. And I also, you know, went to school for criminal justice and, and uh, sure enough, you know, you want to you want to learn the, the truth of what the, the career is about. And if it's you know, if it surprises you, you're like, oh, wow, that's great. But I, I appreciate you being very, uh, very real about that. That's extraordinarily important. And now that, you know, you know, and you can still make your decisions. I don't think it's because well, I want I want people to stay. I want people who get into these jobs to stay totally. in these jobs. Right. Not be upset. That they're not flying around in Cessnas, you know, part of the SWAT team and those kinds of things. You can be uh, at some point. That's great. But it's not going to happen like that right off the bat. That's not how this this sort of works. And so I want students to understand yeah, that. Exactly. I'm with you. <laughs> so, hey, um, all right. So you get out of the FBI and you start teaching. Is that why you wanted to do that is is to go out and, you know, help people understand what they're getting into or maybe give a perspective that would help them when they walked in the door? I mean, why, why'd you get into teaching? So I, I, I did go to college to be a high school history teacher. My degree is in history. Um, so I think that that had always been in the back of my mind, you know, hey, I'm going to be a teacher. But, um, you know, I decided after a very unpleasant time at the FBI that 
um, I sort of found my passion and my passion was we need more women <laughs> in these 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 careers um, right now. Only about 19% of agents at the Bureau are females, um, and only about 22% of people in national security jobs are females. Um, and that's not to say that males are bad. They're amazing. My dad is the most supportive person of me. Um, but I think we bring some things, particularly in the realm of soft skills, to the table that sometimes men don't, and men bring things that women don't. And I think we need to change that gender narrative. Um, and like, what does an FBI agent look like? What does a CIA officer look like? We kind of need to be dispelling those myths um, a little bit, um, because I think that also keeps women sometimes from pursuing these careers. So I'm so glad that your daughter um, is wanting to pursue these careers. I think. I, once I got into teaching, I realized that there was almost a void. Um, we are not teaching students about foreign policy at all. We're not teaching them. I mean, most of my students couldn't find Israel on a map. <laughs> you know, and that's pretty common. Um, this was a very elite uh, school. And so I started realizing I needed to create a course for these young ladies um, about national security and foreign policy. So I started that a while ago, um, and ever since then now, I sit on the board of um, Girl Security, and their goal is to change the gender narrative um, in foreign policy and national security and actually pair girls up uh, with mentors in these actual fields. And they do wargaming and those kinds of things uh, with young women. So I think I've actually, from those experiences, found my true sort of Path. Well, that I mean, and uh, thank you for saying that because that was my next question. <laughs> Tell us about girl security. I mean, did you found this, or I mean, w tell us the history of girl security. Where did this come from? So the, the founder and I found each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so she is a, a former attorney. She she is not um, in national security. She's amazing. I just uh, she's just incredible, and it, it was in its infancy. So it was, you know, brand new, kind of just starting out. And she had heard that I had been like teaching these, these classes. And so um, she reached out to me and I was like, hey, you know, this curriculum you have, you really should add this and this. And she's like, wait, wait, you're doing what I want to, to bring into, like, can you help me um, in terms of lesson planning and those kinds of things. And so that's how that kind of came to be. Okay. I, and I, I love this. So I, just to, to kind of, you know, flip the, 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 the paradigm here a little bit. So in 1973, when Remax started, when our, our company started, um, women were almost non-existent in real estate and Dave Linegar, Interesting. I mean, it, was, it was fascinating. They were, they would be secretaries or something like that, which I hate that word, by the way. I mean, it just, it, it you know, they, it was a male dominated industry and our founder, Dave Linegar, could not find men to come work in his in Remax, uh, which were Remax was a real estate office, then multiple real estate offices, and then turned into a franchise organization after that. And so Dave went out and started hiring women. And his merry band of women beat the pants off of all the men in the real estate industry <laughs> in the Denver metro area. And that's how Remax started getting some momentum. Oh my so, gosh. I had no idea. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool story. And you look at it and go, I mean, that was his goal is to open up real estate to, to women, to minorities, things like that. Cause it was a white male dominated sport or white male dominated industry. And he knew that the women were better at it 
than the men were. And he's like, nobody's just giving them a chance. So here we go. Let's go, let's do this. So, um, I totally agree with what you're saying. And, and as someone who's, uh, I still do a lot of training in law enforcement, starting to see more women get into that from that perspective. And you're right. The emotional intelligence way better. I mean, just the, the emotional maturity way better. I mean, there's guys, it's true. Watch out because your job's going to be taken from you by a woman if you're not stepping up and working, you know, to to develop those soft skills because women are way better at a lot of stuff than men are. Particularly, you know, how can I, you know, explore, how can I understand and work through the situation by understanding your feelings and understanding the emotional aspect of it? Because men, I mean, their egos kill their opportunities. And I mean, granted, everybody has egos, but the reality <laughs> is I see it every day and I'm like, come on, put it away and let's, let's sit down and figure this out with some soft skills. So thank you for saying that. So, I mean, it's, when it's funny that you mentioned 1973 because 1972, that was year Hoover died. Um, and that was the year that females were finally allowed to be special agents of the FBI. I mean, I was born in the seventies, so that's my decade. And um, I actually did not know until a few years ago, and I started researching for a, a journal article um, that women, you know, it was 1972 was the year, which probably explains some of the gender um, disparity that's going on. But I think also sometimes that's frustrating that I see are women who don't want the help of men or don't want to work with men or it needs to be all women. And it doesn't. Like we need to learn how men bring things to the table, women bring things to the table. We need to recognize that and then make it a little bit more equal. And just like we can learn skills from men, they can learn skills from us. And so I think it's about being partners um, and that not necessarily adversarial. Totally agree. We're, hey, we're a good team. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. The, and this is something that really is important to me. I mean, I, I have two daughters and my wife is just an incredible woman leader. This is something that's really, really, you know, hits home with me as well as it is a key tenant of our organization. I mean, two of my four C-suite officers at Remax are women. So, um, and, and our, uh, our board is 40% women. So, I mean, it's, this is something that we're all very much involved in, uh, in our organization. How do you hope, or how do you view this, you know, your efforts or this collective effort in, um, you know, national security, foreign affairs, international policy, things like that with girl security, where do you see that? I mean, do you, do you think it's making an impact or, I mean, what is it, is it on the direction you want it to see going? Or, I mean, what, what's, what observations do you have here? I don't know that I'm making an impact. I guess maybe part of the problem is I don't have an ego. <laughs> like I think I don't know that I'm making an impact. I do have a daughter, but she's she's only six. Um, and I think for for me, it's about exposure. So what I've always thought is, regardless of whether my students go into law enforcement or national security or those types of careers. I have now exposed them to problems in criminal justice, problems in foreign affairs, and then that makes them curious, right? And so I guess that's the curiosity um, sort of that I had. And then on, I guess this sounds crazy, but on a purely superficial level, 
and this sounds very oversimplified, I don't mean it to be oversimplified. Uh, one thing that I get that frustrates me the most is you don't look like a CIA officer. You don't look like an FBI special agent. Well, what is it that I'm supposed to look like? What Hollywood has created um, for you? You know, my femininity does not necessarily mean that I'm stupid um, or that I'm dumb. And I think sometimes it gets confused for that or by that, and that is very frustrating to me. I think that's uh, enraging might be the better word uh, for me. And why don't you expect me to achieve these things just because I'm very girly? And what, why? I don't, I don't understand. And so I think I'd like to just change that parody too on just a purely superficial level, which sounds terrible to say, but the more women that we see, women of color, um, feminine women, not feminine, it doesn't matter. You should be able to look at someone and say, yeah, she could have that job. What, I mean, what, why does it, why do I not fit whatever your stereotype is? And I think that's frustrating. So well put. I mean, that's, I, I, and I like your attitude, by the way, I, it's get out there and change the world. Your opportunity tomorrow is go do something, you know, do something to make a difference for, human beings and do a great job of it. So Tracy, I I do have a question. First of all, where can we find you and your book? My book is at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Target, most independent book stores as well. If you'd like to support those, it is available digitally on Kindle um, and Nook. So if if that's the route that people want to go, they're welcome to um, as well. I think socially, I keep somewhat of a low uh, profile because I don't put my family out there. But um, I am on Twitter um, at Tracy underscore Walder um, or TracyWalder.com. Awesome. And uh, Tracy, I ask everybody that's on the show a question. You know, we all have a different way of, of beginning our winning for the day. And of course, the podcast is called Start With a Win. My question to you, Tracy, how do you start your day with a win? Uh, I would say for me, the way that I start my day with a win is 100% working out. That is what makes me focused. Awesome. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for being on Start With A Win today. This is this is a really good conversation. I encourage. Thank you for having you bet. me. I encourage everybody to check out your book as well as Girl Security. Um, you know, and, and let's do something good for each other today. You know, this is a really an interesting way of looking at somebody who's done some incredible stuff and uh, check out Tracy's book, The Unexpected Spy. Tracy Walter, thank you for being on Start With a Win. Thank you for having me. Hey, and thank you so much for listening to Start With a Win. If you'd like to ask Adam a question or tell us your Start With a Win story, give us a call, leave us a message at 888-581-4430. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and subscribe, write a review and rate the show. And for more great content, head over to startwithwin.com. Follow Adam on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And remember, start with a win. <laughs>